If the ugly world of the trenches of the 400 miles of the Western Front is not quite the hell of the battles of the autumn of 1914, it is a purgatory where men are trapped in a torment of deprivation and anxiety. The deprivation has many guises. The hardship of an appalling diet, the stinging pain of trench foot, the death rattle of bronchitis, the indignity of insanitary conditions. But the greatest burden in this limbo of the winter of 1914-15 is a gnawing anxiety, an ever-deepening foreboding born of a certainty. It is an inevitability acknowledged by everyone on the battlefield. The hell of autumn's battles will soon return. There is but one respite from the slow torture of the trenches, the heaven that is the billets located just behind the front. Often not much better than squalid by civilised standards, they are nevertheless usually dry, sometimes warm, and mainly well stocked with rations. Most importantly, they are relatively safe from the terrors of combat. For most battalions at the front, five or six days in trenches are being alternated with an equal amount of time in billets. 4th Battalion Royal Fusiliers has been billeted at Locker, West Flanders, since Boxing Day. As billets go in this merciless war, the hospice of Saint Antoine, its nuns long departed, and the building now in the hands of the British Expeditionary Force, is almost a home from home. Despite the fact that it has been heavily shelled and lacks much of its roof, the sappers have made it waterproof. There is sufficient fuel from the nearby woods to keep its many fires going, and in its cellars is a decent supply of rations. For men relieved of duties in the dismal trenches just a few miles away, a warm, dry refuge and a full belly are the stuff of dreams. Locker itself is little more than a few houses, straddling the crossroads of the routes between Ypres to the northeast and Bayeux to the southwest, and from Popperinge due north and Armentier to the southeast. Ypres, the crux of the British defensive position in Flanders, is less than eight miles away, and the French border is less than two miles distant in the opposite direction. Not quite as flat, but just as drab as other parts of the region, the landscape is featureless and monotonous. The small, Red brick cottages, their inhabitants long since gone to safer locations to the west, are faintly reminiscent of the more uninspiring parts of rural England, or at least they would be without the ravages of five months of war. The local church, l'Église Saint-Pierre, still stands but is badly damaged. Its roofless nave provides space for the tents of a British Army field hospital, while its vestry, has become a makeshift sergeant's mess for the Fusiliers. The year 1915 is just thirty minutes old. The sounds of revelry and celebration spill from the boarded-up windows and open door of the large hexagonal room. Despite the biting cold, there are many sergeants standing outside in the night's ice-cold air, drinking, smoking and laughing. As they do at their home barracks at Albany on the Isle of Wight, the Royal Fusiliers, Londoners and proud of it, 
share the mess with their fellow Fusiliers, 1st Battalion Northumberlands and 1st Battalion Royal Scots. They make for strange bedfellows, having few folk memories in common and hailing from very distant corners of Britain. Nevertheless, each is known for its remarkable endurance on the battlefield and its notorious irascibility when at rest. Inside Saint-Pierre's spacious and once grand vestry, Royal Fusilier Colour Sergeants Maurice Tate and Harry Woodruff have avoided all attempts to get them to join in the less than tuneful renderings of soldiers' favourite songs. However, they do smile at the latest popular ditty, sung with gusto by their fellow NCOs. Do your balls hang low? Do they dangle to and fro? Can you tie them in a knot? Can you tie them in a bow? Do they itch when it's hot? Do you rest them in a pot? Do you get them in a tangle? Do you catch them in a mangle?